What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Never Made Varsity. My name is Colby. You can find me on Twitter at Writing by Colby. Hey, everybody. It's David. You can find me on Twitter at DRivero1222. It's your boy, Maverick. You can find me on Twitter at Heartbreak Double Underscore Kid. And I am Aaron, and you can find me on Twitter at Aaron P. Friedman. What a week, y'all. We had we had several strikes. Um, the players, as we discussed before the podcast, striked, not struck. <laughs> the leagues got struckest. Um, we had college football last night. We did some some rather exciting college football. Um, there, I tweeted last night. I missed the the turnover top hat because I was watching bubble ball and. Um, it's just a very strange time right now. Um, but let's talk, let's talk strikes first. So the Milwaukee Bucks in the wake of the um, Jacob Blake shooting in Kenosha, I believe I'm saying that right. Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah. It's uh, what, 30, 40 miles from the Bucks stadium. Right. They stage a wildcat strike before the uh the magic game the way i've heard this went down is george hill before the game in the locker room said that he wasn't playing and it just kind of snowballed from there it wasn't like a an organized thing it was just um it was just a spur of the moment and the leadership the player leadership on the team was like yeah we're with you if you're not playing we're not playing um which forced a forfeit, which the Magic rejected. Um, the Rockets and the Thunder also talked pregame and decided that they weren't playing either. The Lakers and the Blazers did the same. The WNBA also didn't play. Um, and there were... Baseball, a couple teams didn't play. There were a couple individuals who decided not to play on some teams. And then in hockey, I believe there were games that night, but not on Friday, if I'm remembering that correctly. Um, That um, the night of the strikes, there was a players meeting in which the Lakers and the Clippers voted to end the season um, right there. Uh, then after the morning, they reconvened and decided to um, to continue. And today, as we're recording, the games have restarted for the NBA. This is kind of a huge deal. Like, this has never happened before. <laughs> Where, where teams just decided in the middle of the playoffs, yeah, no, we, we aren't We're doing good. this right now. The closest thing to that that's happened is back in Bill Russell's day in like the 60s where they protested an exhibition. It was never a playoff, Not a playoff game. game. Never a playoff game. You know, so it's pretty, it's pretty massive. Yeah, so there's been a lot of talk about what's happened. Uh, the, players, um, the Players Association – um, they, with their meeting, they, I believe they got at least verbally the 
owners to agree to opening the arenas as voting centers um, for the general election um, as part of what they were wanting as change. And it's been, um, I don't know. I don't like looking at protests and strikes as transactional, but they were able to enact change. And I think that's very brave of them to do that right now with the state of the CBA there was I think there's a there's a bunch on the line for this season financially for the players and a lot of them were able were ready to give all of that up yeah I mean and it looked a little unstable because we talked about that the Bucks did it very like on the spur of the moment didn't even notify the magic that they were doing it and then we get word uh, from everybody uh, Mark Spears and everyone that was covering the meeting, Stephen A. Smith even had information talking about there was a lot of people that, while ultimately everybody came together on the matter, they were like, this should have been at least planned out probably at least a little bit more, at least have some idea this was going to happen because it, there was a, a brief moment there was like, what's the plan? What kind of, what are our action points here that we're actually going to do? Um, because it's a that kind of a moment where there is a lot of line. A potential like losing of just overall revenue for this for the NBA for the players everybody across the board which that was definitely LeBron's viewpoint um that LeBron wanted to be a part of that decision um which is understandable for sure I mm-hmm. also think that there is there's something powerful about an emotional decision being made at an emotional time. Mm-hmm. I mean, in a lot of things you, you could argue is that a lot of those kind of moments are actually done on the spur of the moment on impulse out of passion, out of things like that. And then that, it makes that overarching change. So I, I think it's an interesting question of like how it could be different or what would happen if there was a planned thing. Cause it would give everybody more time to potentially scrutinize it, to potentially come up with other ideas or something like that. But at the same time, I don't think, I think the entire sporting world was caught off guard by this action. And so I think that's in terms of remembering it, it's going to be remembered. I think it's much more of a powerful moment potentially that way. Yeah. It's, it's hard to, um, it's hard to think about like the long scale historical, context of this because we don't know what that is yet mm-hmm. um but also uh organizing labor is hard <laughs> like it's a diff i do not envy um michelle roberts at all um for a job that can be um thankless at times um cc patrick beverly yeah uh, no. <laughs> thankless don't get me started yeah um but I do what so for those of you who didn't see Patrick Beverly um turned into an entire Karen during the um during the players meeting where they were talking to the executive director of the players association and he was like ours we pay your salary and all that um and Reports say a bunch of players were like, whoa, 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 there. <laughs> yeah, even Clippers players. I want to yeah. say Paul George was at least one among the group that checked him. Players I mean, aren't good on that. Like, that, like, that is not what like we're this, doing right this now. Is, that's not the person you should be upset at. Yeah. So shout out to those players who are sticking up for <laughs> – I mean, they 
sticking up for Michelle Roberts is sticking up for their best interests. It, mm-hmm. Her job is to fight for their best interests. I know that there was some – what's the word for it? Some players were upset that there was no plan. And I guess that's what fueled the end of that, that first meeting and that prompted that second meeting. There was like, well, if we don't have a plan, then we need to end the season right here. I think, obviously, making uh, basketball stadiums polling places is a fantastic idea. It makes me wonder why it wasn't already a thing. Um, but it's a Which is a question people need to be asking these owners um, yeah. that journalis- journalism needs to happen to figure out why that hasn't been a thing in the past. And it's like, you know, I know the owners of the NBA have like pledged some lump sum of or some sum of money towards um, towards like empowering uh, the black community. But there are also other stuff that they can be taking actively. And I think that's what the players want. Like they want their voice to be heard and they weren't sure if they could do that in the bubble because of, you know, the emotions were obviously very raw like that day and that night and going into that meeting into that next morning, you know, and I don't blame them at all. And I have no, like they're, they've been in this bubble for a month, a month and a half. And it's, it, that can be hard on you, especially when you feel like you can't affect change the way you want to. Like I can, I totally get why they were frustrated and potentially we're going to end the season because some, some stuff is just more than basketball, more than sports. Mm-hmm. That's- I believe Anthony Davis was even quoted today to talk about it. Like they're really wanting to make sure that they're holding the governors, as they call them now, I guess, accountable uh, and all the executives because they're, and he very plainly said, if, the, if we don't feel that's happening, we're just not going to play again. Yeah. I mean, as far as that is the power the players have is they are the product they are they are the ones who are um their labor is the product that the owners are in effect selling and if they don't feel like playing they can pretty much force the owner's hand because no one's going to watch a bunch of scrubs play basketball <laughs> i don't know uh what else um what else do we have here the wnba has been um 10 toes down on this for the longest they um i don't know if y'all saw the that one shot of them after an interview of all the WNBA players in their bubble at IMG Academy all the ones on the bench mhm yeah they're all linked yeah it's going to be a, a big moment i would say in, in sports history because of just how truly unprecedented it was and again it's getting people talking um i mean what did y'all do y'all agree that they with them resuming or um, did you think that it should ultimately have been canceled? I mean, I personally think it should have been resumed just for the fact and it was explained, by, I think, by a lot of other players is that if you did leave the bubble, I think it was Jalen Brown, I think, that was one that mainly had this point, is that if you do go home, ultimately just kind of go home to your families without putting any action again to this, what's really the point where when you're in the bubble right now, you're literally getting cameras and microphones put in your face every game, every press conference and so forth. And that's your opportunity to further your platform mm-hmm. and spread awareness of these kind of things. Um, and then still can find ways in uh, even in the even talk about that, like potentially finding ways even mid game or in the middle of games to still raise awareness, <laughs> certain things. 
I'm of several minds about this. One, I think that's very fair um, from, from you and Jalen Brown. I also, there's the thing going around. This was like about the pandemic, not, um, not about um, the police brutality, protests, strikes, all that that's been happening. Um, where people are saying that sports are the um, sports are a benefit of a functioning society. Um, and right we're not now, functioning. In, in many aspects, we are not. Yeah, sports are a word for a functioning functioning society, and we are not functioning. Um, so we shouldn't have sports. On the other hand, one thing that I was saying back in June was that at some point we we as a society are going to have to be able to hold more than one thought in our heads at a time like we're going to have to be able to think about social justice and change and also be able to like work and eat and enjoy things and that sort of thing so i mean honestly whatever the players thought was best cool i'm with it i it's not it's not my strike so they can do whatever they want obviously but um i i really do see both sides of of playing and not totally yeah i mean i think at the end of the day like at least from my perspective i don't see myself as someone who should be passing judgment on whatever they decide because number one i'm not in the nba but number two i am a white man like I am benefiting from a lot of privilege in this situation. And so I feel like it's more productive for someone like me to support whatever they decide as opposed to passing judgment on whatever their decision is. Yeah. I think the like whatever people can lament the lack of quote unquote, like, like a tangible goal, but quite frankly, to be really blunt, like the, the goal of, like any kind of protest or strike or, or, or boycott is to get attention on a specific topic and issue. And then step two is to, you know, obviously take that action. But quite frankly, I, I thought it was completely successful in getting eyes and ears um, to the issue. So I 100% think that they achieved what they were trying to achieve. Um, and then the next steps are, what they're already in the process of doing, which is trying to create tangible change um, through the action that they can take and through the owners that can, you know, have the monetary, you know, ability to do so. Mm -hmm. One thing that has been bothering me though, is the NBA kind of co-opting the strike as like, Hey, look, we did a thing. It's like, no, NBA, you did not do a thing. The players did a thing. Um, Silver was sweating it out. (laughs) Yeah, and it's something that happens with a lot of these sorts of social issues, protests, where a bigger, um, friendlier, quote-unquote, corporation co-ops what's happening and then takes the least radical of the um, the, least, the least radical of the change that people want to happen and enacts that. 
And then they were like, see, we fixed it, which in this case um, is opening voting centers, which is good. Like that's like undoubtedly a good thing, but it's also nowhere near the radical, um, the more radical position of diverting resources away from police and into communities. Um, so that's just, it's really bothering me and I see it happening more and more. Yeah. I think one thing to consider too, and we have in someone that's kind of, believe it, weirdly enough, went under the kind of radar is basically the, as described the liaison between uh, the owners, governors and such, and the players. And that's Michael Jordan, uh, owner of the Hornets. And all the way up until the last dance, came out that that was one of the main things that Jordan was criticized for was his lack of like addressing matters in, in, in society and so forth. You know, his comment about Republicans by Jordans to things like that. And then basically ever since the last, the last dance came out, he kind of expanded more on that kind of viewpoint. And basically ever since then, I don't know what it is or if he just became more comfortable or if he saw the reaction to what was portrayed in the last dance, but he's definitely become more vocal himself, even in the last year or so. I mean, he had to mm -hmm. pledge the $100 million or over 10 years uh, to programs fighting social injustice. And then now he's acting kind of like that bridge because he himself, the greatest player of all time, and then like relating more of the players, but now as an owner, um, playing on that kind of side too. It's something that we're all going to have to keep our eyes on, especially if the players continue to um, to make sure that we don't forget. Um, and I don't think that's something that that they're going to do. And, and the words do got um, supporting conversation. I'm glad we're having it. Uh, <laughs> in a wild segue, there was college football last night. <laughs> in the very first play was a touchdown. It was a house call, 75 yards on a triple option. I love college football so much. Um, the quarterback punted the ball seven times for Austin P. Um, and they have a turnover top hat. Um, the chaotic energy of college football has returned. And we have some um, betting lines <laughs> for the first week of ACC football. So, Mav, before you got here, we're going to do some on-air show planning. Do we want to do a sports episode next week? Or do you want to go ahead and right now do a schedule breakdown? Or how about this? Even if we do do a... a um, do do. Even if we, uh, we poo-poo a... Um, a episode next week <laughs> we can focus more in on Syracuse yeah like do a full schedule today and then a Syracuse preview next week yeah let's do that okay no oh, it's gonna be weird we actually have to start scheduling these so days. we can just be more general <laughs> like not I would I, I guess not really go into specific games for this case just kind of give like a maybe a, a season prediction or whatnot yeah so the ACC is playing 10 games, correct? I believe They're playing so. 10 ACC games um, yeah. with a couple open dates where they can schedule out of conference. Correct. I have the schedule pulled up here. 
Um, I know that we're playing UNC Charlotte as a non-conference game, which will be, I feel like, a really good opportunity for some in-state action. I we we need to just win so my dad is not insufferable. Oh my gosh! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be like when App won, but times like fifty. Yeah, I have more friends that went to Charlotte than went to um, than went to App State, so it's going to be who we need to win that game. Their whole thing is drop the UNC, and if they win, it's gonna be insufferable. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, before we jump into Carolina specifically, let's talk about the AP poll that dropped. Was that this week? Has it been the longest week ever? <laughs> yeah, because now it dropped on the 24th, so it has been this week. I didn't even know there was an AP poll that dropped. Yeah, the AP poll is out. Um, there are a bunch of schools that aren't playing in it, um, yep. which is going <laughs> to be weird. I think they said after this week they're going to drop those teams out of the um, out of the poll and then go from there. So um, Ohio State's going to drop from two to unranked. <laughs> well, the, the Big Ten might be playing now, though. But Thanksgiving weekend, though, I think is. The, I don't. They they plan to do. It. I they, think they stopped it. They 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 pushed the button. I don't think they they can stop it now. They um they said they're reconsidering or they're considering starting over Thanksgiving. The reports that I'm reading say are still like leaning towards January. At least that's what I've been reading. Um and so we're eighteenth. We are eighteenth. Minus third. the teams not playing, we're twelfth. Right. Um which and is minus wild. the other eleven teams were number one. <laughs> <laughs> We are the third highest ranked ACC team behind number one Clemson and number 10 Notre Dame. And um, the next highest ranked ACC team is Virginia Tech at 27. So there are expectations going into this season. Um, I saw one bowl prediction that had us going to the Orange Bowl. Um, They had us going against Penn State. Yeah, at CBS Sports. That'd be a fun game. I don't. <laughs> this is all just so precarious. This is weird. Um, James Franklin struggles in those bigger bowl kind of games. So I feel like we'd have a chance. Yeah, we totally would. I think that, I mean, Clemson's are obviously still Clemson. They they still have Trevor Lawrence. They still have Travis Etienne. Like they're gonna be they're going to be very good. Notre Dame, I never know what to make of. And Notre Dame is an ACC team for for right now. So, and the football purists cry. Which <laughs> Lauren Brownlow said, if they do end up going to the ACC championship. Um, we are going to consider that the eighth coastal team to go to the, <laughs> go to the so eighth coastal team. chaos will confirm or will continue. Um, which I will, I might be willing to sacrifice an ACC championship game birth birth for um, the eighth coastal team making it to the championship in eight years. Plus, next year's our year anyway. Um, so let's start with. 
Syracuse? Syracuse is bad. We're favored by 17 and a half points. We'll get more into it next week, but that should be a dub. That's I'm insane, a, though. I'm not a betting man, but I would say take Syracuse. Yeah, that's I, a lot. I'd also okay. say take Syracuse. <laughs> I wasn't squinting at that. I was squinting like, at I'm not a betting man. If we, had a, if we had a regular offseason, I feel like that I, I would be more comfortable with that kind of a line. But with a pandemic – on a practice schedule where we're probably going to be rusty at least for the first two games, probably around the same level as what we were south the first two games last year, I would kind of wager. Um, that's why I think it's going to be probably closer. Yeah. Following Syracuse, we have Charlotte um, coming off a seven and five season or seven and five, seven and six. One of those, they won their bowl game. Um, they are very high on their coach. Um, I do not know his name, but I know they like him a lot. <laughs> uh, but we should be able to, this should not be an app state situation. We should be able to handle Charlotte. So let me, let me keep track here as we have very high expectations for this team. Um, Boston college at Boston college, Boston college is going to be bad. They have a new head coach. I think that's another win. Does anybody want to argue I, with that? I, I agree. I agree as well. Yep. And then the first test, Virginia Tech. Potentially our first home game with people in the stands. Potentially. I don't foresee that happening, but potentially our first home game with people in the stands. Virginia Tech is favored in that game. Oh, according to like FPI? Yes. Well, it remains to be seen how they're going to work now without that good old lunch pail defense. <laughs> also, their lead corner is opted out. He did. Um, Hinton Hooker is a good, exciting quarterback, um, Greensboro boy. I'm going – I don't know where to put that one, so I'm just going to put that as um, shrug guy. Awesome. Um, Florida State. Mike Norvell, first year as his first year as a head coach. Um, I still don't know what they're doing at quarterback. I assume James Blackman is still going to be the starter, but good lord, their offensive line was terrible last year. I think we win that one. We sh- I, we should Good. win that one. Let's not play it as closely as we did the last time. <laughs> I, I would. It was exciting. <laughs> Probably my favorite game overall. In, in my college career. Watching. That was one of my favorite game watching experiences. <laughs> yeah, 50 of us piled into, who was it? It was Katie's I, apartment. Yeah. Katie's apartment. <laughs> I think I picked Adam up off the sofa. <laughs> and um, poor Julia Galini had a concussion and we were shouting oh. in her house. <laughs> um, then we have State at home. That should be a win, but you know, Chuck those records um, for a rivalry game. but Especially now, it's their Super Bowl. Yeah, but that should be a win. Virginia lost their quarterback. Um, they should be taking a setback this year. I'm also calling that a win. Duke. Um, big question mark on offense. Chase Bryce is their quarterback. He transferred from Clemson. 
I just don't know who else they have. I don't. They have a very good defensive line. That it's a, it's a lot of returning starters. Uh, so yeah, the run defense the is probably one of their stronger suits this year. The way that last year's game went, I just I don't feel comfortable picking anything. <laughs> yeah, my emotions swung every direction within like five minutes. Oh, I had um. <laughs> Once we um we turned the ball over and they were going down the field, I'd already chalked up as a loss. <laughs> at, the one, at the one, wild, wild. The one. Game. I'll never forget. Like I, I was up in my top place and I actually turned around, turned my back to the field, but I watched the ref- the, the reflection of the Keenan football center. And I watched it happen in the reflection, and then I turned around. I, I just remember I saw Chaz like starfish in the air, <laughs> like bring the ball in. But the way that like my brain works with UNC football, I would have thought that he dropped it. I know, I know. What a win! What a oh, win! We got the victory belt back. I just remember that. That's a nice <laughs> thought. Um, Wake Forest. Uh, Jamie Newman is now at Georgia, and Chaz Surratt is sitting out the season. Not Chaz Surratt. Sage, Sage Surratt. Um. Hopefully not Chaz. Hopefully not Chaz. Um, Sage lit us up last yes, year. Yes, he did. Um, but was also very winnable on a questionable call at the very end. A very questionable call. Um, yeah, we will see. I, I, I want to call that one a win because they've lost a lot from last year. I feel more comfortable calling that a win than Duke. And I think it, it will help because that's going to be later in the season now. I, I expect this to be closer to what our ceiling is going to be the, by the time we get to Wake Forest. We should have a, a much better idea of what the whole outlook of the season will be. Um, so that we should be firing at all cylinders, I would say, that by that point. And then Notre Dame at home, day after Thanksgiving, Black Friday. Just – Give it as an L. <laughs> Just take it as an L. Yeah, but you never know. Late season Notre Dame. They all remember a couple years ago when they played Miami, when Miami was fraudulent as all hell. <laughs> they just laid an egg. Mm-hmm. So I'm also going to count it as an L, but I don't. It's a soft no. Um, Miami at Miami to close the season. I. My, is Miami supposed to be good? I don't even know. I mean, they're Miami. They're around them every year. Yeah. But, but they're going to win seven games. You find out very quickly in their first two or three games. Yeah. They a, they're starting another quarterback that didn't start a lot. Not the one from last year. They're, they named another starter, I think. Yeah, they did. Um, Might have been me a second. that said it where he's like, I like him at the very end because we're going to know exactly who they are by the time we get to him. All I want to say is that I was hearing or seeing rumors that we would run a two-quarterback system, and I think that's stupid. Back like, good old Queese and Trubisky days. No, this isn't Queese and Trubisky. This is, like, Queese and, like, the punter off the bench. Like, <laughs> no disrespect to our backup, but. I know, but that was Jace. I mean, Jacoby Crispell was a highly touted quarterback coming in. I think he's going to be a solid backup. That's true. And that, like I said, I feel like Jace is perfectly suited, uh, serviceable as quarterback. Um, I would take him over, say, Nathan Elliott or a Chas Surratt, quarterback Chas Surratt. It's um, Derek King from Houston. Yeah. 
one thing I was upset about too is that Miami got transfer Quincy Roche from Temple, who we were all a shoe in for virtually, but we had too many early enrollees, so he would have had to have matriculated in the spring for it to have worked, and he wanted to enroll immediately, so he went to, to Miami. He was the number one uh, defensive player in the transfer portal. Um, so as always, it will be Schrodinger's U. Um, as we figure out by then we will know if they are back or not. How do y'all feel about, I, I mean, we've talked about this before, um, but I really like playing this many ACC games. <laughs> I can dig it. I think there will be some fun things that come out of this schedule that will stick around. I hope so. I mean, the teams that we, let's, I mean, we can briefly talk about the teams we aren't playing Georgia tech um is still going to be bad um but they should be better than last year just because they have another year of not relying on never throwing the ball so and they'll get some more guys into their system so they should be better but i don't foresee them being good per se um louisville second year with um my lord and savior um scott satterfield (laughs) (laughs) Um, which is the take I'm going to ride all the way into the ground. Um, but they should be better in his second year. Let's see. Pitt, you're going to ruin someone's season. Per usual. That's the standard. And um, like I said, Clemson's Clemson. And I believe that's all the teams. I think that's yeah. everybody. We're playing so many ACC games. I love it. Yeah. I want to play the. I want to play these teams more. Like I want it to feel like, you know, they just got to do the same for basketball now. There's just too many in basketball. Because well, I would love to have like a home and home with everybody in the ACC, but that would put us. That would be like thirty games, right? It'd be twenty-eight, 28 games. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's basically a whole season right there. At least do the old. Uh, the old ACC tournament style. Was it like a round robin? Well, what was the old ACC tournament? Um, of course, I'm going to forget. I'll remember later. <laughs> Wait, did, did we go over Virginia? I, I probably blacked out. Uh, yeah, we um... – Because they're – I mean, that's the defending coast champ. They're probably weak. I mean, I, right now I'm looking at it, I think conservatively, seven and four – I, I'm going to go. I'm going to give us benefit out of one, and I'll go. I would go eight and three with losses to Virginia Tech, Miami, and Notre Dame. I'll, I'd also say eight and three, but I'm not going to um, go into ACC witchcraft and figure out which three those <laughs> losses are going to be. Um, I really, I really hope this season goes well. Like I just at this point, I just hope everyone's safe, yeah. <laughs> and we and we all make it out on the other side. I am going to try not to put too much of my hopes into this season because who knows what this season actually means. Yeah. yeah, I'm still not expecting this season to happen. If we're being completely honest, <laughs> but we'll we will see it when we're on the field. Does exactly. But I mean, I think we're gonna start. I, I think the season's going to start. It will start, I think. We'll just see. We just have to see 
how things work case-wise. So that's when it's really going to hit the fan is when we get our first case and see how they respond to it. NC State is returning to practice tomorrow. I mean, that's been the good so, thing so far. They haven't had a positive case in like a month and a half now. Carolina hasn't, right? Yeah. That's correct. And the um, the ACC is also – I don't know how often they're testing now, um, but they're moving to start testing three times a week. So as long as we don't have – hopefully we don't run into the NFL problem of a bunch of false positives. <laughs> I guess we'll start talking about the NFL soon, too. <laughs> I haven't even done Fantasy League yet because I haven't even thought about it. So. Haven't I suffered enough? Like, do I have to <laughs> this year? We are going to rally behind Teddy Bridgewater, and we're going to play good football. <laughs> I really think the, off- the Panthers' offense is going to be fine. It's that defense I'm very worried about. Are the Browns going to be bad? We're going to win the Super Bowl, obviously. Okay, okay. okay. Yes, yes. I knew that. I should have known that was coming. How are, how are the Titans feeling? Uh, I think pretty good. We're basically returning everybody. I mean, A.J. Brown is probably going to have a breakout year for us. He did really fantastic last year. I mean, I've never been more excited to have Ryan Tannehill as my starting quarterback. So, take that as you will. The AFC South, as I'm – getting ready to start writing um, some predictions for division winners that I can't figure out the AFC South. Well, that's how it is like every year. We've, it's been having a little bit of a carousel for the last couple of years. Um, the only Jags, consistent Jags thing out, I can find they're trading is the everybody away. They're, they're breaking up. They're, they're going to be at the bottom. Uh, I would say it's probably – it's a – two-way race, at least for now, unless there's a lot of improvement. For, I mean, unless Phil Rivers just comes out guns blazing for the Colts, I think it's a two-way battle between us and Houston, to which I think there's a strong chance both of us one wins the division, one gets a wild-card spot. And now we have the plus one. Is that not starting this year now? Yes. So I think I, I feel pretty confident one would get in divisionally, one would get in on a wild-card. The thing about – um. The Colts is that this is the best offensive line that Philip Rivers has ever had, which is the only thing that is that's making me consider maybe they can yeah. put something together. Um, but we don't know. I don't think anyone knows how good Philip Rivers still is. Yeah. Put all his energy into his 50 kids. Mm-hmm. He's got energy for football. <laughs> He's got to teach them now, too. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just not as enthused, I guess, just because I feel like the Chiefs are in, like, Warriors territory right now where I'm just like, yeah, everybody's playing for second at least right now. Any given Sunday. I don't mean, and this is coming from the team that beat the Chiefs last year in the regular season. And so – and then just got waxed in the AFC championship game, so – do we think the 49ers are for real? And do you think the 49ers will be back? I think they're I, a strong contender. I still can't believe they made it to the Super Bowl. And they actually genuinely had a, a shot at winning that Super Bowl. Like, they were yeah. controlling the game like 75% of the time. 
I mean, if the running game is as good as it was last year, then yeah. They don't have that, to rely on Jimmy Garoppolo, but they'll be fine. That defense is immaculate. It's um I mean in the AFC, the best contender to the Chiefs would be the Ravens, who I feel like are gonna take a step back this year. It seems like a lot of what the Chiefs were doing was repeatable when a lot of what the Ravens were doing was not. I mean, you see, there's a, there's rumors going around that um, oh uh, that the Ravens might get Dez, and I think that's uh, if Lamar Jackson can get another weapon like that, Dez Bryant. Um, I know he's had his Achilles injury, but just getting more to his wide receiving court, just so he can be more balanced between him being a mobile quarterback and still having a passing option. Yeah, but how good is Des Bryant right now? <laughs> yeah, that is true. Or Antonio Brown. That was, an, that was the other name. I was thinking about that too. But he'd still have to serve his eight-game suspension. I feel like you. I only want one Brown in, um, <laughs> in, um, yeah. in Baltimore. I, I don't know – I would not bring in Antonio Brown if Hollywood Brown is a cheaper, I won't say equivalent, but like he's good enough to do an impression of his cousin. Are they cousins? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Hollywood. The real Hollywood's on the Browns. Hollywood Higgins. Hollywood's a great name. And Hollywood Higgins' name isn't even Hollywood. His name's Richard Higgins. He just nicknamed himself Hollywood. I love it. Anyway, it's a time. Do we? Is how's the um? How's the tribe doing? How's how's we're winning doing? the division? Huh? Look at that. I have no oh, idea what's gonna... happening in baseball right now. Our outfield is garbage, but our pitching is good. Oh, we're losing right now. The oh. bats are awake. The bats are not awake today. We're down six to two, but the gloves are awake. Our pitching has been fantastic. Speaking we of are baseball, a game up in the division. Yeah, all I, was, all I was going to say is I don't think we had a chance to wish Mike Fox a happy retirement from Carolina oh, baseball. Yeah. Yes, Mike Fox, we know you are listening. We wish you all the best. <laughs> and also, new coach Scott Forbes. Hope he has a. He's been he's been their assistant for several years now. As you yeah, know. he's been a long time assistant. Oh, uh, when we were talking about the strikes, we didn't talk about um the Mets. <laughs> I forgot. Oh, <laughs> yeah, one of their management completely eviscerating. Rob Manfred. Manfred. Rob Manfred, the commissioner. And then as they not, should. Yeah. Of, been his I was, gonna, I was about to text Austin like, "How y'all doing up there?" <laughs> his apology was literally. I'm sorry. I said that Rob Manfred did, said that. That was a mistake. It was actually the owners. <laughs> um, the Mets are fun. I only think about the Mets when they're doing Mets things. Um, all right. Anything else before we go? For I guess next week we talk about Syracuse. Marcus Morris is a bum. I'm I'm watching that too. <laughs> What's happening? I'm not watching anything. He smacked Luca across the face. Throwing a foul, and Luca, Luca's trying to square up like he's gonna do something, but. <laughs> hmm. 
I know there's some bad blood there because Luca probably feels like he probably intentionally tried to hurt him. Yeah. Uh, with the foot thing last game. Not to mention the thing from game one, the inciting KP to get ejected, basically. Yeah. But that's what he does. He's a – at least verbally, I can understand. That. I'll say it. I, I wish Dallas had someone at least like that, but not to that degree. I would never, like – I would never want, like, a Zaza Pachulia, like, intentionally hurting no. somebody type of no. stuff. Oh, and but, now they're – But you, 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 need, you need that pest archetype, though. You do. But, like, a but, good pest. Like, yeah. when Dallas won the championship in 2011, we had Deshaun Stevenson, who was one of my favorite pests of all time. Not biased or anything. <laughs> what else we got? Anything else we need to talk about? Rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. We so for those of you that like to enjoy all of our content, uh, both with Never Made Varsity and Never Been Questing, you'll see a upcoming thing where we kind of end things a little bit abruptly. We ended it because everybody got that news. We literally just weren't in. The state to return to play, so we're like, yep, we're just going to call it. I literally don't even remember how that episode ended, like what uh, we were doing before. It ended with you. We were having, we were on our way. It was like day one of like a four day trek, and you were, we were having this conversation about. Oh, you had like a vision. Oh yeah, yeah. You were that's a raven. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, how are we supposed to? Because I was like, how are we supposed to beat this guy? And you were like, we can't fail. And that's where we ended the episode. Look at this. That's a good ending. It was a, <laughs> it was a great stopping point. We're getting good at these endings for these, uh, these cliffhangers. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, there's also, they're also showing um, uh, a no commercial Black Panther um, like a screening of Black Panther, no commercials, and then doing like a special on Chadwick Boseman, like directly after. Tonight on ABC, right? ABC, yeah. Or last night as you're, um, as you're listening to this. But um, episode of Never Been Questing, I think tomorrow in your feeds. Um, I forget where I, I forget when I scheduled it to upload. Uh, <laughs> something like that. It's been getting spicy. It is getting spicy. Um, I think this is the spicy episode that's going up tomorrow. So the spicy episode. Um, I hope y'all enjoy that, and we will talk to y'all next week about sports. <laughs>